into the Self-Help Podcast, a weekly no-nonsense guide dedicated to your emotional health and well-being. Presented by entrepreneur Edward Lamb and psychotherapist Sean Orford. For more information, visit liveinthepresent.co.uk. Okay, hello, welcome to episode 495 of the Self-Help Podcast with me, Ed Lamb, and my good pal in person, Sean Orford. How are you doing? I am amazing. Sitting right next to me. I am, yes. Cooper. That's why I'm so amazing. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I thought, yeah, you perked up as soon as you saw me. Mm-hmm. And little Cooper over your shoulder sitting on the windowsill. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about pets and dog, and, well, not dogs, pets in general, animals and uh, the ups and downs of pet ownership and animal loving today, aren't we? Yeah. So, well, come on, you've, you've shown some affection and it was reciprocated by Cooper this yeah, as was, you arrived. I was that he'd bite my arm off. <laughs> Oh, look at him. Hello. Um, there oh, you kiss, go. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Mm. <laughs> He's the softest little thing ever. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we'll come on to that. Uh, Liveinthepresent.co.uk for all the show notes and links. Um, so, yeah, take a look and uh, get in touch. And do sign up for email alerts. Uh, it's free meditation files on the website as well, if you can. Um, how's life, Sean? How are you, how are you doing? Uh, life is very good for me. Um, you know, as we know, I've been signed off by the hospital for my heart and all that, yeah. which is good. Yeah. Um, and uh, from that point of view, life seems to be getting better. Okay. This is good. Very yeah. cool. Uh, and we got, we're into the school summer holidays here now, so uh, not well, not that it impacts you greatly, but yeah. It, was, is it summer a busy, busy time for you, or is it a bit of calm well, before the storm? it changes storm? the roads, doesn't it? Something, the roads ah, are full of cars. Oh, Full of cars or no cars? No, there's more cars. Are there? Yeah. Oh, not in my world, because all the school traffic, <laughs> the, the school traffic all disappears. So, uh, yeah, so these people, they're going on holiday and uh, doing things, having a good time. In their fancy camper vans. Yeah, going and getting burnt up in, oh. in the hot Mediterranean. Ah, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. We did, I did briefly think about chatting about that world on fire and all that, but I've got... It's real, yeah. though, isn't it? I mean, the world, it, it's weird that that end of Europe, everyone's cooking, and this end of Europe, we're all drowning. Yeah. Isn't it? Very, well, there's something very odd going on. We're stuck in this strange weather pattern. Um, yeah. I know. And it's, there is, it's hard to sometimes differentiate mm. between weather and longer term climate yeah. impacts. But yeah, some very serious stuff going on, um, which we need to get our heads around. But we're not talking about that today. Uh, we're talking about pet ownership. Um, and I, well, actually, before that, I want to say a quick, uh, well, mention to George Alagaya, the BBC correspondent yeah. who passed away uh, yesterday as we were yeah. recording this. But lovely guy. It's one of those you see. Uh, you kind of people like that become kind of part of the national fabric, don't they? You know, because you see him on the news every now and again, or every day in some cases. Yeah. Uh, I saw a really nice obituary to him and some of his colleagues. Uh, grew up in, born in Sri Lanka, I think, mm-hmm. but uh, made his way over here as a kid, as a secondary school kid, and uh, yeah, lived quite a life. And he was one of those journalists that, yeah, just seemed to know how to connect with people, mm. uh, which is a bit of an art form, really, isn't it? Yeah. He wasn't just reading off the auto queue, although he did end up doing the six o'clock news and reading off probably an auto queue, but yeah. some of his earlier work in the field, yeah. um, he had a real ability to connect with people. Yeah, and I, they showed some of that on the thing I saw where he was actually talking to people. One guy actually said, oh, I really like you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Was, that was good. 
Yeah, I know. It's uh, well, I, I guess it's tricky sometimes not to get too involved in a story, but uh, yeah, he, I think he knew how to straddle the line and tell the story without becoming the story and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah, shout out to him um, and his family. Uh, but yeah, let's move on to dogs and pet ownership. It's I was kicked off this one initially because um, there's been a couple of high-profile local stories about dog attacks yeah. um, in the news and there's some kind of police advice going out there. And uh, just thought we'd have a chat about pet ownership and the ups and downs of, of loving animals. Um, what's your history with animal ownership? Or you've, you've actually run a farm for a while, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, and I've had loads and loads of dogs, cats. and I've, I found a picture the other day where I've got three dogs, two cats, lying in a pile all asleep on top of each other. Uh, <laughs> as when I had the farm. And there was a rabbit as well, a big black, it was a big Belgian hare, mm-hmm. black one, that was, was in there as well. And I've got pictures with the, all of them asleep together. Right. And they'd all look after each other. Um, yeah. In fact, the, the one that ruled the roost was was the the hare, not the dogs, because <laughs> it would bark, it would bite, and it would kick. Right. And you know, and it was it was the boss. You know. But yeah, you're all part of the same crew. Because I, I wanted to kind of put an initial distinction between animal lovers and pet lovers, because I am an animal lover, but and I have a little dog here that I'm cuddling, but I'm not vegetarian or vegan, so there's a bit of a you know. A, I don't know, it's a bit... But it works the other way too. As I know lots of people that are vegan and vegetarian that keep dogs. Yeah. You know, now, to me, um, a dog is a, a pack animal that should be with a pack of its own species, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's not, we separate them out. So they, they become a part of our pack. Or they become pseudo-human beings. You know? Yeah, well, this guy yeah. in particular is quite a unique individual, as you're witnessing yeah. right now, as he scratches around. He's trying to dig a hole, and he's... Little dogs like Cooper, they just mm. want to dig holes and bury themselves yeah, and yeah. things, don't they? Well, I'm currently um, looking after Betty, who's a tortoise. All right. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Because the, the kids are off on their honeymoon, so... It's Sean, can you look after Betty? So you get you so, get the tortoise? Yeah. Is she heightened? Does she need a lot of love and affection? Oh, she's quite <laughs> quite a strange animal. She she has quite strict routines for herself, but she does wander around. Uh, you can't actually stroke a tortoise because they've got a shell on the outside. Uh-huh. You can knock well, it. Yeah. It? Hello. <laughs> um, but and she likes to go into corners, and uh, like she's kind of I suppose like he was just then. Yeah. Uh, hiding in the corner. Well, he loves. He's well for. If I remember, I might put a photo, but he's a very cute, cuddly little thing. He's a cross between a Shih Tzu and a Bichon, so he's a little fluffy white thing. Yeah. Uh, and he does love burying himself like under the duvets and stuff. Um, yeah. From an early age, he just he, he likes hiding away. Yeah. Um, which I assume is some little inbuilt um, trick of, of nature and just where he wants to be, really. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's a, he's a gorgeous little thing. But I was reading up on the history of pet ownership and animal rearing that kind of thing and i think dog ownership goes back about 12 14 000 years from what mm-hmm. we, i can I've, I've initially read i'll put a link in um yeah and, and people humans back then realized that wolves if they were kind of kept from an early age would kind of adapt to living with humans and they had different tasks they could help with in terms of hunting or herding and guarding as well and then obviously we've we've learned that companianship is something that Mm. Uh, Think about huskies though, pulling a sledge. Yeah, yeah, totally. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what mm. use Cooper would be. Um, no, they bred little dogs to go down rabbit holes. Yeah. Rabbit. I did. Grow, well, I had a Jack Russell Terrier growing up. Um, mm. He looked fairly similar size to, to Cooper, and he was mm. quite a. He, he liked going down holes, and we were always mm. trying to yank him out of rabbit holes at the, yeah. the beach. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, companionship is the main thing now. Um, mm. at, but there are obviously lots of other cool <clears throat> things in terms of animals, like helping people with sight loss and hearing issues. Well, hearing dogs. Um, and and uh, sight dogs, but also um, dogs in old people's homes. Yeah, have a huge effect. Um, residential homes like that, um, and dogs with kids have a big deal. But there's lots of things that we found. People with psychiatric problems can relate to a dog when they wouldn't relate to a human being. Mm. Um, but also um, things like dementia. Right. Yeah, dog safe dog. You can cuddle a dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I find I working at home much easier now, uh, and I think it's partly because he's around a lot of the time. We have a little routine uh, when I'm uh, on a typical day working at home, where he'll kind of snooze most of the morning, and then I'll have my lunch, and then he'll know that's kind of time for a bit of food and um, that he shares with me. And then, have you trained him as a pickpocket? He's trying to get in his pocket. Oh uh, yeah, he likes he likes sniffing around and picking pockets. And then we go out for a walk, and then that, that's him done, and he'll mm-hmm. chill out again till uh, till it's like school pick up time. Yeah. But yeah, working from home, I find much easier now with with Cooper yeah. around. Um, yeah. I'm not kind of looking around for things to do quite yeah. as much. Bit of yeah. companionship. Um, but yeah, I mean, on the other, on the flip side, as a local councillor now. Uh, I see, or I see and hear a lot of the kind of negative side of dogs. A lot of people bought dogs um, in during COVID. Yeah. We got Cooper just after, but yeah. um, there are. I, I haven't found actually. I should have looked some stats, but there are. There seem to be a lot more dogs about. Everyone's got one. Yeah. Some are good on leads. Some aren't. Yeah. I kind yeah. of. I hear. I get calls about dogs off leads causing trouble in places. Yeah. The waste that comes with them. You know, he's a tiny little thing, so he doesn't leave much of a mark. But. Um, bags hanging up with you know the dog poo bags that people leave hanging on branches why why do people do that i mean if you're going to go to the trouble of putting the poo in a bag why hang it on a fence or a tree well i had a a friend who did that practice and she said that it was because she will go for a walk and she'll leave it in a place that she knows will be there so she doesn't have to carry it around the whole time and on the way back she'll pick it up whether people are doing that and just forgetting about it or I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, that's a good theory, but I don't know if yeah. it actually works. Uh, I was like, just, you yeah. know. Look, look mate, if you keep biting my hand, I'm going to bite your hand. Okay. Well. All right? Is that a deal? Is that a deal? <laughs> what do you reckon? I'm, 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 I'm. Yeah, you're just encouraging him now, though, so you just need to ignore him. So he wants to play with you. Okay, Dear I'm me. ignoring you now. I'm yeah. ignoring you, go away. Could be, you're going to ruin the show. Um, yeah, so there's that kind of negative side as well and it can obviously in, in extreme ways it can lead to uh very dangerous situations Do- dogs can be dangerous animals yeah. can't they i yeah. mean even him he's got sharp little teeth when he's playing sometimes he can go a bit too far there uh, is a, but there, there is are... a thing with with animals like dogs that i learned like when i had the farm <laughs> was that um that if a dog bites you uh so your hands in his mouth say the temptation is to pull your hand out yeah and what that what that means is that the teeth rip your hand. Whereas if you push your hand in, right, 
to the dog's mouth, the dog has to open its mouth and then you can take your hand out. Uh-huh. But to have the, the presence of mind not to pull away and to push in yeah. is, uh, is a bit, bit difficult. Yeah, especially if you bleed a bit. Yeah. I, I mean, he's. I mean, I'm sure he would be capable of causing some real damage if he wanted to. Yeah. Um, but we've trained him to be polite yeah, and friendly yeah. and playful. But you know, but there. Are, I mean, and there are, and he's 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 easy to control because he's tiny and he's light, and you can pick him yeah. up by the scruff of his neck and you know, whatever if you're so inclined. But there are bigger dogs out there that, and there's there's one quite local to me actually, and he's a very soft thing when you say hello to him. But you just have he has that look in his eye, and he has the physical presence that. <laughs> If you wanted to, don't mess with me. Yeah, you, you could just you could pull a. I'm a tiny man, but so he'd make mince meat of me. But big fellas, he could easily pull the lead from away. If you wanted to run and do do what you wanted, you wouldn't stand a chance. Okay, the, the, I, I learned all this with animals, right? With dogs, if they bite you, push your hand in, don't pull it out. Uh-huh. If there'd been a real problem, if you pull their front legs apart really hard, you squash their heart. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is, if you want a dog to open its mouth like it's biting your child, grab its bollocks. Ah, okay. Uh, right, and, good tips. And, tw- and twist hard. You and heard it. The dog will open its mouth. I learned, I learned all this on the phone. All right. That's yeah. Some good practical advice from the self help <laughs> podcast there. Gee whiz. Yeah. But I mean, I, what I'm interested in is the kind of psychological um, need for a, for a dog that looks like that. And I'm sure there are, that, you know, I think it's the, I saw an article yesterday, the XL bully, bulldog, is the kind right. of. The one that a lot of people have bought, and they they're super dangerous in the wrong hands, and there are there aren't many dogs on the. Are those the big heavy chested ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they have their ears clipped as well at birth, so they make them look extra mean. Mm-hmm. So they're not on the banned list yet, but they might. They're heading that way. But I just want to understand the cycle, the psychology behind needing or wanting a dog like that. Because we bought a little Cooper. He's the softest, fluffiest little cute thing in the world. Um, why would someone want to buy a dog that looks super aggressive and angry? I, I think that it's, What's that saying about the person? I think, I think it, is, it is a willy extension. You know, like my willy's bigger than your willy. <laughs> you know, kind of stuff. And it's like my dog's harder than your dog. Right. And when, I, when I was a kid, people used to uh, fight dogs. Yeah, it's nothing new. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, yeah. there was the similar stories doing yeah. the rounds. What, what yeah. were the, it was the? I think Rottweilers got a bit of a bad reputation when I was a kid. Yeah. They're actually quite soft things, I think, if trained yeah. properly, but yeah. ca- capable of inflicting massive damage as well. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's that same thing. What's the, what's the deal with the angry-looking dog, man? Yeah, it's like what are you trying to... But it's to... like, I'm hard, aren't I? I've yeah. got a hard dog. Yeah. Mm. It's nothing new, I guess, is it? It's not a new yeah. phenomenon. Yeah. But it's just it, for me, it signals a bit of a something a little bit wrong in civil society, and I see it the same with cars as well. There's a lot of big, angry-looking, blacked-out SUV, like military-grade vehicles. Like I, I was at Strawberry Pricking the other week along the road, and obviously we showed up on our bicycles, you know, flipping it, trying to. But the only people that bothered, and and someone rolled past us in one of those massive, great big Land Rover Defenders mm-hmm. with a little box on the side and the the exhaust pipe sticking up so that you can take it through. You know, through the water. ten foot of water and across mm-hmm. the desert, and uh, I'm the only one there thinking, "What the hell's all that about?" Because I can see the presence it has mm. is is imposing, and it looks, you know, it looks like. But are other people going? Oh, wow, that's amazing. I don't know. I think they probably are, and you know, we cost them a grand a month, fair dues. But I, I kind of say see the similar thing with angry cars and angry dogs. Mm. It's like what what are we what what are we projecting to the world when we do things like that? It's like, but it, but if you think about it. 
As soon as you put your clothes on, or you comb your hair, or you buy a pair of glasses, you're saying something about yourself. Yeah. Aren't you? Yeah. Um, I get told off in my life because as far as I'm concerned, clothes are designed to keep the outside out and the inside in. <laughs> and I'm not really that bothered as to how they look. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not that bothered as to how people see me, really. Yeah, you but know. you're presentable. You're smart. Well, you're, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I get. I do get told off as in you're not going out and that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, uh, I mean, what what are we doing? Now, do, do you buy your car because it fits you as a person? Do you buy your car because you want other people to see you in a certain way? Mm. Why are you doing it? Well, totally. You know? I mean, I've got a, I've got a Volvo, so that's a, a Volvo is traditionally quite a family focused, safe bet when you've got a car you know when I was growing up it was always the kind of bit of a boring car actually yeah I think we've got a sporty-ish looking one but which says something about me when when, when we got the car um but it kind of it, it it's an estate car as well but it looks tiny now compared to a lot of the yeah. massive SUVs that are rolling around mm. which is fascinating you know it's not even that old mm. um but yeah the whole dogs and cars and I, I don't know. You, you look at the changing face of the average home in the UK as well, and how a suburban home kind of looks as well, with the great, the grey windows and the grey. Um, all the front garden's been removed, and you know to pave it over for your two or three cars. <laughs> and that stops the water draining, which means you get more flooding. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So it's this massive knock-on effect for civil society. So I'm interested mm-hmm. in where animal and pet ownership fits in with mm-hmm. all that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, I, I think that um, that when either a dog is a friend and a member of the family or it's, or it's an item of therapy, mm. which isn't just like sight and seeing, it's to do with uh, comfort. You know, I mean, when, when you get people in old people's homes and they've got a lap dog that they can cuddle and look after, they've got to run around... After it's so like a tiny dog that is their friend. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Oh. And when, when that dog dies, oh, it's terrible. Oh my word! The bereavement. You know? Yeah, I bet. You know, I yeah, think, yeah. I had a friend whose dog passed away just a couple of days ago, and they posted pictures on uh, online. Yeah. And yeah, I, I can. I'm, I'll be absolutely. Doesn't it takes a lot to set me off crying? Mm. But uh, yeah, when Cooper goes, I'll be absolutely distraught. Well, we we had Ollie, who's the family dog shared between everybody and an Ollie went and uh, I've never seen some of the the big fellas in the family cry but they yeah. cried yeah when you that and that level of grief that a little animal can bring out yeah uh, it just it shows how important they can be to mm. to people's mm. lives so right uh, yeah and and I I've known people that have had the same relationship with a, a pet rat <laughs> you know what I mean that kind of thing yeah um, and uh, and people are horrified a pet rat or uh, I, I knew uh, a lady who had a, um, it, it wasn't a mouse, it must be, was it be a hamster, like a, no, not a hamster, gerbil, gerbil tiny, tiny yeah, little yeah, okay. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, most of the time it would be in her pocket or in a bag, <laughs> you know, and it was her friend. And yeah. when, she, when she was sat down, it would be growing and sit on her shoulder and that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, so, I'll, I'll put a link to an article about the mental health bo- boosting power of pets yeah it's focused on dogs but yeah i mean a, a dog is a big expense now um, yeah they're obviously sought after and bred uh and they, they're expensive to maintain and operate and potential vet bills and all that so you don't need to dive in and get a dog or a cat 
We had guinea pigs for a while, still have actually. Yeah, yeah. She's out there. She gets a little bit neglected these days cause, since Cooper came, but mm. she's a gorgeous little thing. Mm. Um, and, you know, yeah, like I say, some, my grandma, God rest her soul, you know, she she had cats when we were growing up, but I think she kind of got to the point um, in her little garden where she would get to recognise certain squirrels that, you know, she wouldn't mm. actually say hello to them, but... <laughs> There were birds yeah, that would come every day. Yeah, she would feed certain birds, every, mm. and she knew that they would arrive the next day to be. And she did, you know. So there's, you don't have to spend a grand or two, on a dog, to mm. get some of the benefits, do you? No. The only thing that bothers me about us keeping animals is lots of animals are uh, designed to live in groups. Yeah. And we separate them out, and that doesn't feel right sometimes. Mm. Uh, and, and in birds in cages, and like birds are flock birds, you know, dogs are packs. Um, sheeps are herds, you know, it's all that kind of stuff. Sheeps, yeah, sheeps. I know. <laughs> sheeps. Yeah, well, we bought two guinea pigs initially because they'd like to live in little groups. Yeah. One died, so we bought another one to keep the other one company. And then another mm. one died. Mm. Um, this is over the course of three or four years. But yeah. We've kind of left her on her own now mm. um, because you can't, we just, I'm not going to spend the rest of my life buying guinea pigs but now you've got to pay for therapy for the guinea, <laughs> the guinea pig I know I'll go, I'll go and talk to <laughs> Um but yeah the, I mean hopefully most people listening have experienced animals in one form or another hmm. um, but yeah I mean is it a selfish thing to do to, 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 to get a little fella like Cooper and take him away from his brothers and sisters and... depends which way you look at it doesn't it mm. if you look at it that we're all one then no yeah. If he's, if we're separate, then that's bad. Isn't it? Yeah, I guess we have. We didn't go into eyes shut. We we kind of we tend to holiday in the UK, so we know that we wouldn't be putting him kennels for three four weeks of a year. Yeah. Um, we we kind of you know hopefully he'll go for fifteen ish years or so, mm-hmm. uh, and we were always kind of knew that what it and I, I grew up with a dog, so I kind of knew what it took. Mm. To look after, and uh, we knew we'd have mm. time to, to to you know to spend with him and not neglect him. Mm. You know, I work at home a lot, so it's not like we were, we're both out through the week and he's on his own all day. Like I was saying to you earlier, there's someone I know who's a therapist who has um, has a uh, a dog that she inherited from her father. Um, he's a husky, uh, lovely animal, blue eyes, mm-hmm. and uh, and a female dog. And the dog sits in on sessions. And if the client gets upset, the dog's straight over trying to comfort her. So it's all the moment. You know? wow. Oh, yeah. Really, really uh, lovely. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I guess, yeah. If, I mean, if you're going to buy a, a pet or an animal to as a, a kind of a crutch for your some, something going on in your life, mm. is, is a pet helping or is it just kind of covering up the issue? I'm just trying to drill down to kind of whether yeah, it's... Yeah, I, I, that's like saying you should a child have a teddy bear. You know, I mean, to have a friend. I, I know lots of people that have had dogs that they talk to. Mm. And the dog is their friend that they share things with, you know. Yeah. Um, and that that's not, not a bad thing. Mm. You know? Yeah, all right. Yeah, interesting. Um, so, yeah. And I guess you know just that distinction between being a pet lover and an animal lover, mm. like you know, I'm I'm not I'm not a guilty vegetarian. Uh, not I'm not a guilty meat eater, eater. We try and cut down, eat less of the stuff. But mm. yeah, I guess it. I guess maybe we need to just think 
think about our whole kind of relationship with the natural world, don't we, and how we mm. interact with it. And, and... Th- there's a, the whole issue with meat. I, I don't know whether you're aware of this program that Greg Wallace has done. You know, I just saw a very snapshot of an article this morning, but I've basically it's, it piqued my interest. What's going on there? What they're doing is they 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 the people they interviewed it was a bit horrific really. There were people that didn't have any money, and they were taking bits of their bodies, um, you know, like like taking a lump of your your bum. What? And then um, using that to grow more meat in the laboratory. So and there was one guy. He, he had a four hundred pound fuel bill or something so that what they were doing would pay his fuel bill oh my gosh you know so it sounded a bit creepy the whole thing that but um they ended up with slabs of meat that were like this is nurse nanny and, and this is fred and stuff like that and they were and when i say lumps of meat i mean big i saw lumps a of screenshot of, of something yeah, so that's what it was cute, yeah oh my word uh, and they'd grown it in the laboratory um and then they had i think it was on the roof someone like that, uh, chefs, mm-hmm. cooking these different steaks. And uh, there were some that they liked and didn't like. And it was like, oh, Nelly the nurse, she's nice, isn't she? Mm, wow. So they're them. using a little bit of human flesh to create a lot of... Yeah, that's where it appears, yeah. Oh, my and word. And then they grow it in the lab. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> but then I was thinking... Why grow it in the lab? Just cut out the middleman and eat the whole thing, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's like we're prepared to, to kill animals. Yeah, well, I mean, the different countries have different relationships. I think, is it China where dog meat is more is yeah, like there's few culturally like that, yeah. accepted to eat? And, you know, yeah. I think in you know, parts of Europe, in France, horses will be eaten. Yeah. Which we kind of go, oh. When, when, when you but, go, when, very often in, in France, if you're in a restaurant and you ask for steak, if you don't say a beef steak, you'll get a horse steak automatically. Yeah. You know, you know, it's it's meat yeah. in it. So I mean, I, would I draw the line at human flesh? You, probably, but there's no real reason but, why. But you know, when we had what was the the mad cow disease? What was that called? That was from cows eating cows, wasn't it? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So once we start eating ourselves, we're likely to end up with disease and probably kind of problems. Yeah, yeah. Long term weird things yeah. going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. Lippin' Eck, man, that's, another, that's a new one. All right, I'll, mm. I might try and build up the courage to watch that. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well, should we cut it sh- cut it short there while, uh, before Cooper, before the postman arrives and Cooper goes absolutely goes bonkers, ballistic? Because yeah. he loves the postman. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you got a resource, Sean, or anything else well, you want to mention? My, my resource would be, um, I'm just looking online here, but if you, you go on Amazon and just put in therapy, dogs, therapy animals... And there's some amazing books on here about how to train your dog to be a therapy dog mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. Um, and if, you're, if you've got Kindle, they're free on Kindle too. Cool. Well, a lot of stuff about therapy dogs and training therapy dogs. Um, and I think if you are going to have a dog in kindness to the world and to, to the dog and to yourself, if you train it to be a, a calm individual rather than a nutter, yeah. then it helps us all. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, we're getting there with Cooper. He, like, he, he's very placid right now. There you go. But he knows how to have a laugh as well. He does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, I'll link to a couple of uh, things I found um, on the history and the kind of mental health benefits mm. of pets. So uh, have a look at that, and we'll be back again next week or in the next couple yeah. of weeks, eh, Sean? Yeah. All right. Very good. Take it easy. You take care. See ya. Bye.